Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 200 channels and nothing but cats. Everyone has been destroyed because of this freak. I won't allow it! What's going on? You are listening to This Week in Geek.net. I'm your host, Mike the Birdman, but I'm not alone as I decide to work through this wonderful family day weekend. If you happen to live in the province of Ontario, as for the rest of Canada, it's the weekend. I'm joined with my co-host from the land of Kitchener, Ontario, Canada. Alex, the producer. Yeah, this is one of those weird holiday weekends where it's a holiday in BC and here. Mm-hmm. Like, like, like as far as like a not stat stat is what would be like a federal holiday it's a provincial holiday yeah plus, they they just civic. decided we needed something it's like most workers have it off but not everybody yeah like, so, i think like for instance like the mail is still going to be delivered because they're federal workers even though they work within the province mm-hmm. yeah but all the banks will be closed let's <laughs> say yeah and certain stores will be closed too so yeah essentially it'll be open depends. It's yeah, it's 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 a hybrid. It, it the weirdest one to me has always been that the mail the mail carriers will still be delivering, even though all of our provincial governments will be closed. Yeah, it's kind of goofy and stupid, but that also kind of brings up something exciting. So on the Monday, so today when you're hearing this, um, you guys know I go down to the Guelph Storm games. But there's something really cool happening after the storm are done. They're uh, playing my old hometown, Dion Sound Attack. They're doing something called Skate with the Storm. They're letting me go out on the ice. So this and, is and not by, by letting you meaning like they're providing an easy way for you to get onto the ice with. Them? Yeah. Yeah. So there's me and a couple other people in wheelchairs. They're going to be allowed out on the ice. That's actually really cool. But can yeah. I can I have my Alexism and the first thought that came into my head? Sure. 
was using you guys as air hockey pucks. <laughs> sure. Well, that's the thing. I don't, I don't know how my chair is going to react. Are you? Well, I always go. Oh, yeah, because you're using your electric, right? Yeah. So and I know I'm the, not the only one doing it. So it, you might get on the ice and be like, "Yay, I'm on!" And then realize you can't go really farther than the edge. Yeah, like it's going to be interesting. They say I mean, there's a one inch lip that I have to clear, but if the Zamboni can do it, so can I. And if worse comes to worse, I could maybe bring my ramp with me as a just in case. Yeah. So uh, like, basically, you're the biggest thing with you is just don't tip over. Yeah, pretty much. Don't, and it's don't gonna tip be- over because once you're on the ice, you got all those strong hockey players that if if you needed a chaperone to make sure you don't slide too far somewhere, they can slide you around if they need to. Yeah, so that's going to be really fun. So I'll probably be doing a couple of TikToks and selfies from the ice. That'll be really kind of fun. And yeah, so I'm really looking forward. I haven't been skating since I was like 12. So I'll, I'll let you into a, a couple of secrets. One, well, it's not really a secret. It's it's while I thought that, that the, the, the air hockey thing was funny in my head, I'm like, that would be terrifying if you, yes. if you had no control over sliding around. So sorry if I put that mental image in your head and that was triggering. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, but two, I've never learned to skate. I am a Canadian boy. I was born in Scarborough. We moved to Barrie and then we moved to Kitchener. Like these are hockey towns. Yep. And I never learned to skate uh, because my parents, they could skate. They just never did. They never had any interest. They're like, my dad was the black sheep that didn't like hockey in the family at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my mom, she skated, but not really. She was more like a rollerblader back or roller. Roll, yeah, rollerblader or skater, whatever the, the four wheel ones when yeah. they used to have roller rinks. roller skates. Yeah, yeah, back in the day, like she like, and they tried to teach me how to skate. Balance was not a good thing. Even when Alex was a thinner, smaller little kid, I could barely stand on skates. So I just I never have, learned. I have really weak ankles, so I just wasn't really good on skates, honestly. So, so that's why, I, as a goaltender, I only had to really stand there. It wasn't so bad, but if you went down on your pads, getting up was a bit of a bitch. So. Well, that's why, like, if any listeners are ever wondering why it, we've sometimes talked and it's been like, it's uh, it's icy out or freezing rain, Alex is hibernating for a week, it's because Alex doesn't know how to handle ice <laughs> at all, which is a big detriment to anybody living in pretty much everywhere but Vancouver and Canada. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to doing that on the Monday. I've got a bunch of meetings on Tuesday this week. But the big thing that happened to me this week, and I kind of alluded to it on Twitter. I said I said I, I would save it for the podcast. So I get an email, or Blair more accurately gets a, an email, saying, hey, congratulations, you've won. And all of us get these emails. And we're thinking, oh, right, cool. What marvelous, fabulous prize have I won this time? But no, this one was actually pretty legit. Um, I won Blair a 50-inch TV from a local uh, grocery store, and you can verify that it's not complete crap. It's not complete crap. No, it's actually, it's not crap at all. It, it is, uh, you know, when you go to Amazon, and it's, it's going to be the same in the States as Canada, maybe a slightly different model number, but uh, you know TCL is the company that actually makes the TVs that you and I are using in our living rooms. Uh, I have a 65 inch version that's a year or so older than yours. Uh, and that's the six series. I have a four series TCL in my bedroom. That was my main TV. Well, they also rebrand their TVs for uh, both them and Toshiba make them. Here's a a little secret. They're basically the same company, the manufacturing the stuff anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, And they make the uh, Amazon uh, fire TVs for like the official Amazon branded ones. And the only difference between 
the four series, which is what she has there. The it's a, you said it's a fifty inch. Yes. So the fifty inch four series that she has, the one I have, mine's obviously a few years older. Uh, but so hers is going to be slightly better tech or maybe even a little lighter. But they're basically this, the same TV, except instead of having Roku as the operating system, it's got the Fire TV built in. Yeah. So um, um and and so like that's like if you go onto their website right now like they, they they're running deals right now for tax season where you can get some money off but if it's not regularly on sale that's a 400 dollars tv yeah for so, for canadian for canadian about three something american so the cool thing about this is i have really good luck with contests you do you have to start entering your brother alex into some of these i things. do <laughs> i enter everybody into a contest and my friend, you, or sorry, you my have, cousin. You have, you, you have my audible. You have, my, and I will sign something. You have my audible permission to to use my name and sign for me. <laughs> you can, I'll give you my all my details except for my like email passwords or whatever. But like, if it's like I declare that I officially, yes, you can sign my shit as my brother. Do it. <laughs> so, my cousin Blake was, or was it cousin Ethan? I don't know. Was asking me like, Mike, how in the hell do you win all these things? Okay. So Birdman's going to give you his formula for don't winning contests. Spoil it. Don't spoil it. It's going to, it's going to screw it up, man. And then I won't get anything. It's so easy though. Okay. You got to look, where are you entering the contest? Smaller stores, you do have better odds. If technology is involved, your odds rise dramatically. Blair's contest in particular involved you scanning a QR code. So you have to look at the Oh, that, that eliminates like 85% of everybody over the age of 40. Exactly. So you're looking at level of engagement. And, and I'll tell you something. Anybody under the age of 30 doesn't shop at, a, at an old people grocery store. <laughs> well, no, this was the really expensive grocery store downtown. Well, okay. I just happened to be in there because I'm like, I'm curious to see what bougie oh. things they have. And I really so, wanted hummus. And let's, and let's be real. A lot of the hipster younger, like the younger millennials to like the gen, the zoomers or whatever, they're generally either shopping online or they're going to like whole foods. Yeah, so I kind of figured, okay, let's look at engagement, technology, location, and apathy. Because if the location doesn't really advertise what this contest is, and really the place where where I won this from, what didn't have the best store display, I just happened to be looking at it. So I'm like, you know what? I'm feeling pretty good. So I got Blair entered. I entered myself. And a couple days later, bingo, bango, 50-inch TV. So you're going to come over to our house sometime in the next couple yeah. of weeks and set this thing up. Yeah, we're, we're doing uh, next week is Mama Richie's birthday. So maybe sometime around there or after there, uh, whenever we do a visit, we'll because uh, I know the TV, like the, the menu is going to be slightly different because they're using, you know, the, the fire interface. Mm-hmm. But I know the calibration settings. I know... I could take a screenshot of where I've got my, you know, contrast and everything, and I could just go, here you go, five minutes, we're set up, and you're good to go. Yeah, so, uh, and we're also going to be donating our older TV to a family in need, and uh, so that's going to be our good deed, I guess, good. and you know. That's, if- that's, that's, well, that was the 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 old, uh, well, not old, but like the old Twig uh, flagship uh, uh, TV that you used when you did all your reviews on back before we got you the TCL. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's, I it's know in condition. It's, <laughs> yep. So I I hope it's going to help out this family. I'm really glad that it's going to a you know 
something other than a landfill so which that often oftentimes ends up what's happening nowadays right like Mm -hmm. if unless it's a super high-end tv or a super duper cheap one all these good mid-range ones a lot of times end up in trash heaps sucks so that's pretty much been my week what about you well uh did some recording with with aaron uh for we did our our star trek uh year in review recording which we thought was going to be about 30 minutes and it went to an hour and 40 oh wow <laughs> well because we decided that we were going to cover a bit of a of like a recap of every show that happened since january of last year not as in like full episode overview but like Here's a recap of what our thoughts were on this show that aired this year, yada, yada, yada. And then we discussed uh, our, what we thought we were hoping to see going into Picard. Um, and I'm not entirely sure if that episode is going to come out this Wednesday. If not this Wednesday, next Wednesday, because we might be leaving ourselves with a little extra buffer room. Um, we're trying to have everything consistent where we're either having a future imperfect or a loose cannon every Wednesday. But I think we have to wait till uh till the winter season is done with everybody's commitments before we can get like consistently every single week right yeah exactly uh, so that's it's all going to depend on if I, if if you if in a couple days you hear it it's because i had the time to edit it <laughs> and if it's not then it's coming next week uh outside of that i i've went back uh did some streaming i finally hooked up my external capture card which is a cheap chinese card by and by cheap in quotes 120 bucks Canadian, which if you know anything about external capture cards, that usually means crap. Except uh, Alex did his uh, his tech research and found out this is the company, this company rebrands all their stuff for, for, and does OEM rebranding. So Evermedia, mm-hmm. basically everybody who's anybody that isn't Elgato uses them at, to make their stuff. Uh, and this is, this has the same performance Maybe not exactly the same as an Elgato high-end one, but for 125 bucks, you're getting about $400 capture card performance. Oh. And I got that at Christmas. I just didn't have a chance to... I didn't know how I was going to use it because I was like, me being... I'm pretty good with tech, but I'm like, how am I going to play this through the computer and not have any delay? And then it dawned on me. It was something very simple. I'm like, hey, my portable monitor that I'm going to you know, pass the game off through, portable monitor has a headphone jack. Why don't I just use the headphones in there? So the game audio is captured into the capture device that goes into the computer. My microphone is hooked up into the computer, so it'll sync up automatically. But my audio for the headphones is just coming through the TV or the portable monitor. So I'm like, oh, so I I test streamed that. I I did the Sea of Stars, which is the the Chrono Trigger-inspired game coming this summer. Uh, I did the demo for that, tried that. Color, everything seems to look perfect. It's on YouTube now. Uh, I'll probably be doing a few more games that way now that I know I can capture everything without any hiccups. And I left the thing plugged in for 48 hours before I used it just to see if it would overheat. Because, you know, external capture cards, that's the kind of thing that especially for any electronics that are Chinese based, let's be honest, Mm -hmm. they have a tendency to be unreliable, right? Or or overheat or not be 48 hours. It was plugged in. Uh, I played the game. No problem. I went and I've left it in another two days now. It's been on, it's been plugged in for like four days and it's still not even hot and oh. i'm like and it also can do 4k with hdr pass drills which i won't be doing i, I went, actually went like over and above i'm like what's the best thing i can get that is going to stream at a higher quality than i'm actually wanting to stream at because if i keep it at a lower resolution it ain't going to overheat so 
that's how that's how I think I overshoot, you know, with expect, uh, you know, with with uh, and over prepare, and then you know, don't worry about it. So I, I was playing around with that a little bit. Uh, I had basically completely caught up on a lot of my reviews and stuff, uh, which is good. Uh, outside of that, I've been sort of planning and and trying to get things working on the back end for streaming. I'm getting some artwork done. Uh, been messing around with a tablet that I have that is that's like an art tablet that I can draw with and trying to customize some art uh, uh, as well as a little tuning up on the, our website getting some background stuff updated and making sure it doesn't break <laughs> because we don't want the website to go down <laughs> yeah no uh, you know so I keep telling no I don't want to update the version of PHP because every time that happens it breaks every freaking website on the planet so no we're keeping that but then doing other security patches instead uh, so just little it's been a, a a busy body week for the most part if that makes any sense it's just little background things here and there i also uh pre-ordered the uh octopath traveler 2 on ps5 uh i i had to renew my playstation plus so i did i was gonna go with the entry level like the the essentials and then be like eh. but then i found out that legend of dragoon and uh, wild arms 2 are coming to the, the premium tier at the end of the month and i'm like well damn it i guess i'm gonna upgrade to the highest so i did that uh and that's pretty much it and it's sort of like now i'm in planning phase for what we're doing in the, this coming week sort of thing yeah it, it's gonna be a busy week ahead i know i'm um i've got a lot of a lot of different pots uh, on the stove right yeah. now yeah like basically it's, the reason we like i would say we have more to do but it's like we're sort of just being like, Hey, Michael, don't do too much. Yeah. <laughs> you, I'm trying. You've got, you're, you're doing a lot, but it's like, don't do so much and that you, that you're like, Hey, uh, I'm dying. <laughs> yeah. We don't, we don't want that. We don't want that at all. Yeah. No, please. No, I've done enough of that. So anyway, guys, we have a fantastic show for you this week. We are going to be taking a look at a couple of different reviews this week, a couple of different video game reviews. I myself am going to be taking a look at Metroid prime remastered. Uh, we got a review code from Nintendo. Ken, uh, got to take a look at returnal on the PC. We got a review code from Sony and Alex. What are you going to be looking at? This week? Uh, Paramount pictures sent over a new release, a home video, uh, on DVD of little Dixie, which is a Frank Grillo starring, uh, like classic B movie action thriller. All right. So we will be talking about all that and more. And before we go any further, we obviously have to acknowledge that uh, one, one of our favorite actors has passed away. Uh, I think the news broke today about Richard Belzer. He was best known as detective Munch across a variety of different television shows. So in theory, the X-Files law and order and homicide life on the street all happened in the same universe and, and wasn't isn't it also connected tangentially to saint elsewhere i think so so me, 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 meaning that that all of law and order takes place within a snow globe so Spo spoiler spoiler <laughs> for, <laughs> sorry people spoiler if you didn't know that there's a there is a dark and deep web of all these connected shows that dates back to i think saint elsewhere <laughs> so in so truly it is dr munch in the Dr. Munch. Detective Munch in the Dr. multiverse of madness. <laughs> Dr. Munch, were you thinking like Robert Dr. Munch, but not Doc, but not him? Yeah, I got confused. So anyway, guys, we got a Dr. lot of stuff. Wait, were you thinking Robert Munch, but then Dr. Seuss? Yeah. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I got Doctors, th- those are three very different things, but all of which might have been choked out by Hulk Hogan at one point. This is true in the multiverse. So we will be back, guys, right right after this, only on thisweekingeek.net. I've been Mike the Birdman. He's been Alex the Producer. We'll be back, guys, right after this. It's been a while since we were sent a new release on DVD to check out, uh, where there doesn't appear to be any other high-definition release, at least physically. And our friends over at Paramount Home Entertainment sent a review copy of Little Dixie on DVD, which is the new Frank Grillo action thriller. Uh, it also stars, uh, Eric Dane and, uh, Annabeth Gish. That's right. Uh, I was looking for a moment in my head. I'm like, wait a minute, who, who is the other famous person in this? And, uh, I'll, I'll give you a, a brief description cause it's, it's a classic B movie, uh, action hero has to take down the cartels who are, you know, going to, uh, threaten his, his daughter and it, you know it's the kind of stuff that you you figure like a Bruce Willis would have done back in the day, or like Liam Neeson does, uh, sort of now. Uh, think think like Taken and stuff like that, but on a, a smaller scale, a little bit lower budget. But overall, it's pretty solid. But the basic script here, or the basic plot, is uh, there's a big drug deal that goes uh, wrong between uh, a corrupt governor and a drug lord. And Frank Grillo is sort of an ex-Special Forces, as in most 80s and 90s thrillers have had an ex-Special Forces dude, uh, who is now caught sort of in between all of this. And he's got to track down the cartel uh, and take care of them, you know, in quotes, take care of them uh, while trying to protect his daughter, uh, who is known as the Little Dixie in this. Uh, As far as uh, the competency of the film, it's a fun B-movie. It's better and a cut above a lot of the other uh, movies of its ilk. It's not like a red box movie or or like a, a something you'd think would hit just like Tubi. It is significantly better quality than that. It's got better acting than most of those films have. Uh, Frank Grillo's good. He's he's doing his his Frank Grillo lane. <laughs> uh, it is a, a regular widescreen presentation. Uh, it looks about as good as you're going to get from uh, DVD, which is to say, pretty darn good since it was filmed digitally. Uh, if you're watching it on a big screen like me, it's it's going to be a little rough if you're, it's blown up to a 65 inch. You know, it can only interpolate so much on a 4K TV from from uh, what's essentially a 480i signal. That being said, completely watchable. Uh, if you're somebody who has a smaller screen, or if you still have a portable DVD player, or pop it in a laptop, uh, or you know, this I would think if it's only got a 
uh, standard def DVD release that we were able to look at. It's the kind of thing that your mom, your dad, your grandma, or grandpa would probably be more into if they still got a DVD player with an older, smaller TV hooked up. I just will say that visually, it looks great for a DVD, which means it doesn't look great on the biggest screen possible. Uh, but if you're sitting far enough away, uh, or you know you've got a small enough screen, or watching it on a computer or something looks perfectly fine in fact it's one of the better quality dvd releases i've seen in quite some time audio wise it's got a pretty standard and serviceable surround track nothing overly ambitious in the score or the mix but it's solid and i didn't encounter any issues uh the dialogue is easily heard uh there's english audio descriptions and english subtitles which is interesting because this is a canadian release but there doesn't appear to be any french Usually they have to have French subtitles, if not a French language track, but there doesn't appear to be on here. And I double-checked, it is an official Canadian release. So it's a little odd, because usually they have to, but if you're going into this looking for that, you're not going uh, to find that. There are subtitles in English, though, so uh, there just doesn't appear, at least when I was using my remote, to be any uh, like audio description subtitles. Just standard subtitles are there. So it's pretty bare-bones. But it's solid. If you can get it on the cheap or you want to rent it, uh, if you have like a red box or something around you, or you want to pick it up cheap at, at like Walmart or Amazon, it's great. I, I think this would be even better, obviously, on Blu-ray or a higher definition quality copy. But as it stands, it's a pretty solid DVD release. The Prime Minister of Sweden visited Washington today, and my tiny little nipples went to France. Gossip, rumors, panic in the streets. We're lucky. This Week in Geek News. Welcome back to ThisWeekInGeek.net. And as always, expressing our condolences to Richard Belzer's family. You will definitely be missed. Um, one of my favorite characters in television. And now, we weirdly enough, he was mentioned on last week's episode of SVU. Uh, and like, I don't think that anybody knew on the show he was ill or anything. Mm -hmm. There's a, You know how they cycle in new people. And, and the, the perpetually there people are... are uh, Ice T and Mariska Hardigay, right? Like, mm -hmm. and he's been there since season two. Like, he's like been there twenty four years or whatever. Yeah. And there was his new partner mentioning something about, uh, I bet you Munch didn't do this. You know, we brought him lunch or something, and he's like, oh no, that man never ate. He was just you know a string bean or whatever. And <laughs> and I was like, oh, they haven't mentioned him since like in a couple seasons, and then even then, like I think he left the show like five years ago, five or six but, years ago. But say yeah. Um. But yeah, like it, it was, I thought, oh, it's funny. They're mentioning him. My thought was, oh, is he going to make a guest appearance? Well, I guess not anymore, unfortunately, because like yeah. it was only three or four days later that this happened. So I fully expect, not just on SVU, expect, because there's three shows, right? They're, they brought the original back to have that, and they are back to back. Expect next Thursday to have a dedication to him on all three, probably on NBC. Probably, yeah. All right. So we're going to start things off on, unfortunately, a bit of a another sad note because there's just no way to um avoid this so according to variety and a, and a different bunch of sources including the family uh bruce willis has been diagnosed with dementia after retiring due to aphasia so actor bruce willis finally uh announced in march 2022 that the 67 year old actor had been diagnosed with aphasia and would retire from acting his conditioning has now progressed into frontotemporal dementia his can, I, family can i can i pause you for a second to give a little background on this because i've been conferring because uh this is a field where my mom worked as a psw in long-term care facilities Mm -hmm. And I asked her, what's this, you know, this type of dementia? What does it mean? What's the brass tax on it? And she said, it's not the dementia. Uh, it's not Louis body. It's not, it's not some of the other ones where that, where you get very violent. 
but it's one where you lose communication skills and you wander you start to get yeah. like it's, it's the it's the traditional one you think of where it's like where'd grandpa go and he left in the middle of the night and he's walking down the street naked or something mm-hmm. it's that sort of one but also uh there is a misconception that when people hear aphasia they think oh that's dementia no a lot of people that have dementia can develop aphasia or vice versa they can but it's not mutually exclusive like you don't automatically have dementia if you have aphasia you know what i mean mm-hmm. so it was there were people misreporting that that's what he that he already had dementia when he had it and he didn't so when it first started he was having communication problems but he was he was all still there like in his head everything was processing but the words weren't coming and sometimes the words he was hearing he was having trouble understanding what they were saying back but the wheels were still turning what this means now is they've confirmed through testing and everything the wheels at least not all the time but it's going to get worse and worse if they're announcing this publicly and they're moving him to a, probably a care facility this means that the wheels aren't turning anymore yeah so the family had posted a statement on thursday and they said since we announced bruce's diagnosis of aphasia in spring 2022 bruce's condition has now progressed and we now have a more specific diagnosis frontotemporal dementia also known as ftd unfortunately challenges with communication are just one symptom of uh, of the disease bruce faces while this is painful it is a relief to finally have a clear diagnosis his family wrote on a statement on the association for frontotemporal de- degenerations uh website um there was a post on instagram from his daughter frontotemporal dementia as you mentioned alex which is often diagnosed at a younger age has more than other forms of dementia can be characterized by personality changes speech difficulty motor impairment and is the cause of 20 or 10 to 20 percent of all dementia diagnoses according to to the mayo clinic Willis's acting career began in the early 1980s with roles in films such as The Verdict, Blind Date, and Sunset. In 1985, his career boomed with starring roles opposite Sybil Shepard in the ABC series Moonlighting, which I like, and his iconic performance such as action star John McClane in 1988's Die Hard. In in addition to starring in four Die Hard sequels, his memorable turns in Pulp Fiction, Twelve Monkeys, The Fifth Element, The Sixth Sense, Armageddon, and more. And then the article just goes on. Do you know where I remember him first? Like, obviously, Die Hard, but you know where i remember seeing the earliest thing i never saw moonlighting as a kid my parents had obviously watched it where i remember him was from a very early episode of season one of miami vice okay that's random yeah he plays like a like a a, like a pimp drug dealer type dude rich rich playboy (coughs) drug dealer guy i first remember him most memorably for me was look who's talking one and two as far as like me remembering seeing him it's funny like i i know die hard was out and i probably had heard and seen you know clips of it and look he's talking to i remember him probably more than anything was the incessant non-stop ad campaign for last man standing yeah I remember, I remember that being everywhere and i remember hating that movie unfortunately like i just remember being like it was there was non-stop 10 second or 15 second commercials when that came in theaters and on video of just him standing there with the two sh- with the two guns shooting and it was like pan past him and it's like last man standing i'm like what is this even about <laughs> oh that and i remember like non-stop ads for hudson hawk even though- i've never i've never seen that movie i've seen oh, the video game it's obviously not, it's not very it's not very good you know uh, what maybe um when we, at we, some we point got this year 
we got it for a review back in the day uh, a few years ago. We should uh, do something on loose cannon for Bruce yeah, Willis. We'll pick pick a few of his obscure films. I've never seen. Um, did he? I, oh, I, actually, sorry. I've seen it, but it's been a very long time. Like the Last Boy Scout. We picked the pick the Die Hard adjacent films. I liked. He did two movies, and one of them I don't know how it would be seen through the lens of today, but he did a movie called Mercury Rising, where I think he was pr- protecting an autistic child. Uh, who was like a super genius and the kid knew some formula to something or there's uh, another movie he did called the jackal that i really liked okay the jackal what's the most memorable scene from the jackal do you remember or what, something what would be the with one? something with like a sniper rifle jack black as the the gun programmer dealer and he forces him to t- test out the target practice and he blows his arm off oh and this is a non-known, unknown Jack Black. Or mostly, like, like prior to this, I think Jack Black's biggest credits had been, like, bad guy in never-ending story three. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, I like, I remember, I, I think one of the first, like, one of the first movies that my brother saw him in, because they used to show it on VHS at schools uh was i hope i'm not wrong with this was he in the freak the mighty movie i don't i honestly don't know uh or was it pay it forward pay it forward i want to say he was in i'm going to pull it up right now it's one of those two like around 99 or 2000 something like that uh pull it up right now because it's going to bug me if i'm if i'm really wrong because i just remember like he had a period where you know after the diehard movies oh actually no you know what my very first movie of his was where we rented it that i remember mm. was diehard with a vengeance our family rented it uh and but yet we'd seen commercials other things and i know diehard had been on tv diehard but, with yeah. vengeance was was my first diehard movie and i saw it in theaters when, What's when, funny, when, when that, i was a kid that was my first like i know i'd seen clips of his stuff right but like mm-hmm. or, or like you flip through the channels that was my first movie i saw his all the way through uh uh and then obviously armageddon fifth um, element for me uh i must have saw that movie in theaters like 12 times sixth sense there's a kid unbreakable he didn't do he didn't do any of those movies so what am i am i wrong i was completely wrong um i'm thinking of somebody else completely in those films i guess but whatever i was completely wrong there's nobody 12 monkeys all that stuff oh okay um last boy scout here's the one that i was thinking i forgot about last boy scout i have not seen last boy scout the one i thought was last boy scout that we should talk about and do on on loose cannon we should do the last boy scout uh let me pick one of his other action movies from that time uh we'll do because it's got to be post diehard right when they wanted him to do just tons of diehard copycats we should probably do hudson hawk Okay, I'd Last Boy Scout. Yeah, and we'll do the one that I thought was Last Boy Scout, but it's not called Striking Distance. I remember the name, that's, but I don't recall that's the movie. The di- die Hard on a Powerboat. All right, so look for that on a loose cannon, probably first week of March. Um, so, so yeah, sometime, it's, sometime sometime in March or, or at the very latest April. <laughs> yeah, so be on the lookout for that. So our next story, uh, just to kind of keep things moving along here. And the only reason we're not spending a lot of time on these stories this week, folks, is honestly, 
I'm losing my voice, so I need to get this out before I stop talking. Birdman's losing his voice, and he needs to be able to talk over the next few days with government work and stuff. Yeah, fuck. (laughs) And it's a a long weekend, so we don't necessarily always want to record on a long weekend if we don't have to. Yeah, so we love you, Bruce. We love everybody that we've talked about so far. Just we got to be careful. Just, just, yeah, for, for awareness, just know that, yes, this does happen. And, you know, he is still fairly young to have received it, but he's not so young that it's considered early onset unless there are there were people that said like the last 10 years that they thought he was he was phoning his performances and like we're talking 2013 2014-ish well i think i think even you and i had speculated when we talked about this last year well i i I started looking there were comments people made on the set of red 2 saying that he appeared like he wasn't even reading his lines like he was just showing up and not memorizing them well, mm-hmm. it could have been the early signs of issues like that then. Uh, and then there were there was talk that his last theatrical movie that he was the full star of, uh, he was in the, the M. Night Shyamalan, what was it? Was the Glass, I think, was the last yeah. one? Or, yeah, Glass. Uh, but, but, but again, that's sort of sharing the screen. The last time he was like the main lead uh, in a theatrical release was the remake of Death Wish uh, by Eli Oh, I Roth. forgot. I forgot about it. And that. I've never saw it, but there was talk at the time that that was a very troubled shoot and it was him, but it wasn't necessarily that he was being troublesome, but just that it just took a long time to shoot. And I mean, that was 2000 and was it 16 or 17 before it it took almost two years, I think for them to finish the shooting and do the ADR and everything for it. Mm -hmm. And then it came out in 2018. So it's possible he had been struggling with this since he was in his late fifties. And I I just had a thought. And it was written, and it you know, because for years they said he was phoning in and being lazy. How much of that was his ego trying to cover? Like a lot of people with dementia or with these sorts of issues will do what they can to try to cover. Yeah, and and it might have been easier for him. I'm not not putting words in his mouth, or or, you know, that's that's actually that sounds bad me saying that, but you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. A lot of these people that have these afflictions would rather be made to feel like oh people think i'm an asshole then people think i'm weak or sick Mm -hmm. so maybe he wasn't as troublesome to work with or wasn't as lazy or phoning in and he might have been struggling for a lot longer than we expected it kind of makes me think um i know kevin smith had spoken at length about his relationship with bruce willis sometimes being good sometimes not being so good i wonder how kevin's responding to this and i really hope kevin will reach out to the family and there'll be some sort of i don't know i just hope that the willis family handles this with as much grace as they possibly can because my own father had dementia in the last years of his life and he forgot who i was totally well like my own was in the middle of it right now we're trying to get her into a care home because in the last month and a half it's gotten to the point where it's it's such a decline like such a surprising decline since christmas that my mom's like she can't do it on her own and it's it's a point now where you know some days are good some days are bad and it's more bad days than good and it's time so you know there's that but you've seen all the press releases all the stuff from the family they've got they've gotten ahead of tmz they've gotten ahead of these by coming up forward with these statements and every one of them has been signed or talked about and photo family photos with his current wife and demi moore and the kids so it's everybody coming together for him so yeah that in itself is good Mm -hmm. 
So our last story this week that we're going to talk about comes from gamesindustry.biz. Sega to increase Japan-based employee salaries by 30%. Uh, the wage jump will be effective in July, and university graduates' initial pay in at the firm will grow by 35%. Sega Sammy has announced that it will be increasing the salaries of its workforce in Japan. The games firm said that on July 1st, employees will see a 30% bump in their wages. Sega Sammy attributed this... Uh, attributed the compensation revision to, quote, further stabilize employee income and to create a more comfortable working environment as well as to further strengthen its global competitiveness. Additionally, the base salary from university graduates will increase from 222,000 yen or about uh, 15 or about 1653 to 300,000 yen. So 2,234 at a base of 35%. Sega Sammy joins so others. So what you said, how much was that? Sorry. 300,000 yen. Uh, yes. Yeah. So that's, Ooh, that's not that much. Um, that's roughly 30 grand us per year. Most yeah. American, which which I know. Okay, I forgot the Japanese programmers are paid so little compared to the West. Uh, like I know quality of life is different, but like if you are working for a Sony or sorry a, a yeah okay example a Sony studio or even if if Sega had a studio in the states, the average programmer is like fifty five grand U.S. Mm-hmm. So they're paid almost double what they make in japan so while this there's twofold one this will keep them competitive obviously but two it makes them on paper look a heck of a lot better than a lot of these american companies that have been laying everybody off not people not realizing that when they announce that number that's not a lot of money that's not like you see you're 300 000, but then you re- realize the conversion rate because isn't it like let me double check right now because i might i don't want to be completely wrong when i'm saying this uh because that is rather low um, so while you're kind of figuring that out i will finish the article so yeah on february uh, uh sega sammy ha- joins other japanese gaming firms that have announced pay increases for their staff on february ancient nintendo announced it would increase employee wages by 10 percent black in or sorry back in march 2022 capcom said it would raise the salaries of japan-based uh, staffers by 30 percent, and then finally also in march of last year bandai namco announced it would boost the pay of its uh, of its workforce in japan now is that three hundred thousand per month i'm guessing so twenty two thirty four per month yeah okay because i was gonna say because that's but yeah, say like, on a good month i could make more than that working at the newspaper because that's yeah it's only about 30 grand a year um yeah i mean it, it, and that's uh, yeah that's not great uh, i mean but then again you have to compare it to quality of life i know it can be, it can be cheaper to live in japan but at the same time it, they should be making more than that they should be making somewhere in the realm of 40 they sh- they should probably be they probably should have raised it to 400,000 yen uh yeah. but but considering how much work they have to put in cuz remember too the, the assets are salaried but they're doing like 60 hour work weeks there like crunch doesn't exist because you just do it all the time yeah that's just the work culture that you yeah so i mean so i mean sure you can get an apartment there for 500 bucks a month but you're living in a closet so i mean if if that's the culture you're used to but like what i think some of this is trying to curb is uh, a brain drain well what's stopping you know american studios to being like hey we'd like to hire some of these japanese uh 
devs or or they're afraid of a lot of the devs breaking off and starting their own studios and then mm-hmm. getting hired like like what they're afraid of is kojima going why why was i making you know whatever let's say fifty thousand american per year at as, konami. The, as, as konami as a studio head 50 or 60 when i can make i don't know 50 million dollars starting my own company and signing deals with microsoft yeah right so it's i think this is to try to stop that but also it is if not and if that is the culture good on them that's that is a sizable increase that's a livable wage that's it's it's, it's 100 a livable wage yeah because like i'd I, like i'd like to know is this per month or per week per week that seems high if it's per, if that's if it's a salary per every two weeks like if it's if the salary is that's what you're getting paid every two weeks that's actually really good then that's competitive with california let's let's looking at like like if you're working for like santa monica studio or san diego that's like a, a programmer there that makes 80 or 90 grand mm-hmm. and that's fine that's perfect and, and and anybody listening it's like that's crazy it's like you know the average software programmer for one of the big tech companies is about a hundred thousand us dollars because mm-hmm. of the importance of the work and how hard it is that's not saying contract workers i'm saying like full-time employees like working for google amazon apple uh and microsoft proper and we're not talking the gaming divisions they they make way more money than regular game programmers that's one of the reasons that game programmers have wanted to unionize is because they make less than people somebody who works on microsoft word makes more than somebody who uh, who works on halo Halo. yeah yeah so you know what i mean and and if you're like well what's why is that it's like well it's the scale it's like they might make you know a billion dollars let's say a billion dollars is gonna be made off halo for what you know whatever game during the life cycle of that game you know or whatever uh they're gonna make like 50 billion dollars off of word <laughs> or if you're like a, a senior software engineer working on windows 11 like they're gonna make i don't know a trillion friggin' dollars over the next <laughs> you know 20 years of that software service uh so that's that's what it comes down to so if this is whatever it is great i figured this was a good story because it's like it's nice to see though Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. That some of the studios are willing to increase the pay because didn't Nintendo just do that too? Yeah, they uh, increased it by ten percent. Which again, and, and they probably I'll actually I'll flat out say it. They they I guarantee you they already paid more than uh, Sega was paying their software developers. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Nintendo's properties, you know, are are more crucial to them. They're more willing to do that. And in the past, remember when uh, Iwata was still around and in charge he didn't he reduce his salary to like a dollar which was the minimum he could do the one year that they were performing poorly i seem to recall something like Like he, that, he yeah it's, instead of laying people off he reduced his salary and then actually increased what they paid them to to retain them during the down uh cycle because what this does is this stops people from wanting to leave and this means that they can foster good programmers yeah i mean i'd rather have a, a good boss and a company that cares than pretty much anything else i mean Ultimately, I, I want to work for good people, and I want to make sure that my time is fairly compensated as well. Yes. And if they're willing to take a hit to keep me, that says something. Once your necessities are met, once you've covered all of your bills 
and you can live without being in fear of not having shelter, food, your bills paid, uh, you know what I mean? And, and you can actually, you know, live, then it becomes, what's my work environment like? Mm-hmm. And if you can have, you know, more pay than you need and a good working environment, what's the reason you'd ever want to leave as long as you're not like bored? Yeah. And, and you can't really be bored when you're making games. Yes. You might be like, I'm a level designer and I do the same thing every day. Yeah. But you will be working on different projects eventually. You know, you're never going to be stuck where your job is just a code monkey to fix a website over and over again. That mm-hmm. when you hear about coders that, you know, get frustrated working at Amazon because all they do is fix the store. I can get why they're pissed and, and why they get bored. But if you're making different things and you're working for a creative company and you're compensated well and your boss is good, you'd never want to leave. So, yeah, that's that's my thought on this. <laughs> All right, cool. So that's going to do it for this edition of the Nerd News Week. This is, like, like I said, very abbreviated this week, but that's okay. We have lives too. Uh, so uh, coming up next, I'm not sure whose review is going to go here. It'll probably be one of us three here on the show. So you get a variety of different voices this week. Uh, so we will be back right here on This Week in Geek.net. I've been Mike the Birdman. He's been Alex Producer. We'll be back, guys, right after this. Trapped in an endless cycle. Fighting. Dying. Returning. Always the same. Yet always changing. Hey guys, Ken Reels here, and welcome to my review of Returnal for PC. This is done by the folks over at Housemark and Climax Studios, and thank you to Sony for giving me a Steam copy. Now, this port um, is controversial specifically for its majorly ridiculous PC requirements. Uh, it has a uh, requirement to in order to run 4k it's asking for 32 gigabytes of ram i can tell you from my experience that is not technically the case um but it is not talking about windows 11 now windows 11 has direct storage built right into the os and that's why it's asking for the 32 gigabytes of ram for the 4k playback and that is, I think, the major thing that people aren't saying because it's using the RAM to emulate direct storage. And I think sooner or later, with these PC ports from PS5 to PC or, say, a series to PC eventually, um, they're going to start having you required to have windows 11 i don't know when that's going to happen but i think when you have window if you have windows 11 you do not necessarily need the required ram for pc uh to run in 4k this is again what i experienced i saw about 
7 gigabytes of RAM usage uh, with DLSS performance mode on in 4K. Um, when I turned off 4K, it was its usage was about 8, 8.5. And, um, and that's another thing that I really want to praise this port is its... Uh, benchmarking tool which I think is going to become kind of the really the big ben one of the benchmarking tools that a lot of testers of PC rigs are going to use and even if you are just a standard uh, normal person like I think this is a very very beautiful benchmark it is absolutely worthy of praise um when it comes to some of the accessibility accessibility stuff, this is again out, blown out of the water. Sony, apps, Sony House Mark, and uh, Climax Studios—they did a great job with the accessibility features. Uh, you have uh, a good borderless, a good borderless window mode. My issue with the borderless window mode is it still requires you to Alt Tab out of the game. Um, which isn't the point of borderless window mode. The borderless, the point of borderless window mode is to be able to move your mouse out of the window, uh, without having to do it when you have multiple monitors like I do. Um, and I think that's the absolute worst part, uh, about this port is it doesn't necessarily have a great it doesn't do a great job of putting the port, uh, putting multiple monitor users uh, in the forefront, which is sad because Spider-Man Miles Morales just a couple of months ago was absolutely perfect, and this is not. <laughs> and that goes into another thing that I think is not great about this port is that it it seems to be just like you can just barely i i can just barely run it at as stable 60 fps at 1440p on medium settings or even i drop it down to low settings it still can't hold 60 fps which is ludicrous um i think there needs to be a few changes with how uh this port is done and I it, like it, generally my recommendation is that this port needs maybe a couple more patches a couple more tweaks and again the company has already said they are working on updating this PC port uh, as much as Miles Morales is getting supported Miles Morales just recently I saw there's a two point uh 2.0 patch for that um so obviously sony's going to be supporting this uh pc port in the near in the foreseeable future um another one of the big things that uh might be a deal breaker for you with this port is that it does use epic's uh online functionality in order to do things so you have you have to download the epic sdk in order to uh even play the game on steam 
So if you are someone that is necessarily uh, against the Epic Game Store, there's a little asterisk there, as well as um, my personal recommendation is you should probably just buy it on the Epic Game Store so you don't have to download the Epic SDK when you boot it up for the first time. Um, because that is really, really annoying. <laughs> it's annoying when you have to download an extra SDK just to play a game on Steam. So, there's th that little asterisk there. Uh, and that's the problem with this port, is like, there's, there's just little asterisks all throughout it. And I have, and I think that's the main crux of this PC port is there's all these little asterisks uh, in there and would I recommend it in its current state? Mm, not necessarily. Uh, I think in, down the line come summer Steam sales when it's like maybe it's 20% off it'll be worth it even at full price at 60 I think it will be worth it in a couple of months when there are multiple patches out uh and again it's just these minor little bits and pieces of it that are the main issue i have uh but overall i think it is a very good pc port it's just it needs some patching it needs some time to ooh, uh fix some of the minor issues that uh i personally would have with it it and yeah that's about it uh once again thank you to sony for uh sending me a code and yeah uh back to the show with uh the guys go crazy don't mind if i do human sacrifice dogs and cats living together mass hysteria Welcome back to this week in Geek.net. I am Mike the Birdman. He's Ox Producer. All right, so we have a bunch of strange things to talk about the planet this week because you know what? This plane of existence is never quite boring. And you know what? Sometimes you have to watch out for guys dressed in Muppet suits because according to KSPW.com, quote, do not engage man dressed as Cookie Monster costume at Santa Cruz Wharf, police say. The Santa Cruz Police Department is warning visitors to keep an eye out for a man dressed in a Cookie Monster costume and not to engage in police tell KS, KSBW that the man has faced criminal charges in other parts of the country, although police couldn't provide any additional details. Creeped out and uncomfortable is what visitors on the Santa Monica uh, Santa Cruz Wharf are feeling after encountering a man dressed in a Cookie Monster costume. The man is believed to badger people and aggressively yell, quote, it's the creepy monster, not the cookie monster. Scotty, a uh, Santa Cruz wharf visitor, said, quote, We saw him at, at the beginning of the wharf. At first glance, it just seemed like maybe it would be a fun thing to do a selfie with him. But we were away from him and then went to the back of the wharf by the deadlines. And that's when we saw him coming, making a commotion and getting in people's faces. Michelle Roberts, a wharf visitor, said, quote, I saw him on 
I saw him on the day the Sesame Street creator died. Like I told you, he was sad about that. He kept showing up and people started complaining about him. Mark, a wharf employee said police save police say they've received several calls. But at this point, the man has not committed any crimes in the city. The man is believed to still be in the Santa Cruz area. Um, well, mental illness is a thing. Grief is a real thing. But if they're not saying what he's arrested for, that usually means you've not been convicted. Yeah, or he, yeah, or maybe the charges are so minor, like causing misdemeanors. Uh, yeah, like basically little kind of minor things. And I he's, know he's, some pouring, street- he, he's the kooky monster. Yeah, that's actually a probably perfect way to look at with a with a K and a K. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I remember hearing stories about how the buskers in uh, New York could get aggressive. Um, I know when I was in Las Vegas, for example, there were several aggressive buskers. Um, And, you know, some of them were only trying to make a buck. I remember somebody tried to hustle me with the cashback scam, and I just wasn't having that. Oh, yeah, those are the best. And then when they call you names afterwards, and it's like, Oh, you're going to get my money by calling me names. And then you make a big stick in public. And then you wait and see, do they get aggressive? Do they run? And then they always get arrested. And it's fantastic. Yeah. I remember I was confronted or not confronted. I was visited. We shall say in the uh, lobby of the MGM grand hotel by these couple of guys. And they were trying to sell me rap CDs and they're like, all right, well, and I was like, well, all I got to 20 and they're like, well, all I got to this. So why don't I give you this? And you give me this. And like, so they're trying to confuse you. And then I'm like, no, wait, I've got exact change. Hold on. So I didn't know any better. I'm like, all right, I don't, the CDs were probably blank to be honest with you. Um, but they tried that. But I remember hearing there were people dressed up in costumes further down the strip that were causing issues. And I know here, I want to say it was in Guelph. I think we had an international buskers festival. I don't know wh- whether we still do, obviously, because of COVID. Um, well, we, we, we have one in Waterloo, the, the buskers. Maybe that's, I, maybe that's I, what I, I think. Because you, you wanted to go to it this year. Yeah, uh, that's right. But it was stupid hot. Um, and it was just confusing this year. Hopefully it won't be as bad, but they have one and it's, it's, they have people from all across Canada and the States and sometimes even England show up. So sorry, I had to take a drink there. Oh, oh, it's all good. Yeah. We, we've got them here. Um, like, how it works here. Uh, I know it's going to be different for every city and different places. Like, but, uh, street buskers, like you have occasionally a, a street guitar player. It's not as common downtown here anymore in the region, mm-hmm. but uh, basically for that one week a year is the, once you get the permit, it's the only time where street buskers are allowed. And the reason for that is once you get your permit, they do vetting and checks on you. So it's more like um, somebody who's somebody who's a, perf- who, like you're not going to have somebody stealing your money mm-hmm. or, or scamming you because they have all of their information <laughs> and a lot of times if they're from out of the country, they got their passport information. So yeah. guess who's getting arrested if they start scamming little Timmy out of his, his you know, lunch money? Like I, the buskers that I've known professionally, 
Um, and they and they became characters in their own right. The most famous one that most people would probably know is Toronto Batman, who became really famous on YouTube. And then he had his partner, uh, Sean Ward, uh, became, again, very famous in his own right for doing all these superhero videos down in Toronto. And he would involve members from the busking community and, you know, fairly good people from what I knew anyway. See, I, I thought you were going to say... Uh, um what's his name well i guess he wasn't really a busker though uh well oh geez why am i drawing a blank um nathan um oh yeah um from talking classics uh keith apicary nathan barnett or whatever yeah um i'm not sure what he does now i think he does like (laughs) he does the the dad thing he's got millions of viewers uh yeah so good but but i mean mean, he wasn't he wasn't a traditional busker he was sort of but a street performer yeah i guess i guess i guess steve-o he was he was a uh a trained rodeo clown right or whatever yeah circus clown <laughs> mm-hmm. uh but yeah busking yeah it makes sense batman that's the closest like toronto batman would be like a real busker yeah and i think he started doing things again in costume don't quote me on that but i seem to recall from his so his social media he was like starting to like kind of do things again so um toronto you do see these people occasionally i i promise you they're probably not as crazy as the person on the santa no. cruz wharf hopefully no. this person is not doing anything to scary and not you know traumatizing children I, I would say most of well i mean this guy's not really a busker <laughs> yeah he's just a guy um, in a costume because why not yeah, like, like most i would say most buskers in canada uh and most of them in the states are not pretty harmless not harmless <laughs> new york city hollywood vegas you're rolling the dice you, you gotta be a little careful vegas a little less careful because like they the cops all know them all oh yeah. right but like new york and and hollywood you, you know what's careful. weird? Come to think of it, when I was in Los Angeles for the um, Game Awards like a million years ago, fuck off, Siri. I'm sorry, my watch is trying to update. Um, I seem to, I don't recall seeing any of the characters in front of Grau's Chinese Theater. Maybe I just came at a weird time of day. But yeah, I don't recall seeing anybody. I was denied the very point of going to to, to Hollywood. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of pissed off now. Maybe they've cleared. Yeah, maybe they've cleared the area of some of them. But anyway, let's move on to our final story this week. And Alex gathered this, and that I did see this reported in a few different places. Uh, so this was being reported by Forbes.com. Microsoft puts limits on Bing AI chatbot after after it expresses desire to steal nuclear secrets. Microsoft announced it was placing new limits on its Bing AI chatbot following weeks of users reporting some extremely disturbing conversations with the new AI tool. How disturbing? The chatbot expressed a desire to steal nuclear access codes and told one reporter it loved him repeatedly. Quote, starting today, (laughs) the chat experience will be capped at 50 chat turns per day and five chat turns per session. A turn is a conversation exchange in which contains both a question and a reply from Bing, the company said in a blog post on Friday. The Bing chatbot, which is powered by technology developed by the San Francisco startup OpenAI, 
and has also made some incredible audio transcription software, is open to beta testers who've received an invitation right now. Some of the bizarre interactions reported, the chatbot kept insisting that the New York Times reporter, Kevin Rose, that he didn't actually love his wife and that it was, and that it would like to steal nuclear secrets. The Bing chatbot told the Associated Press reporter, Matt O'Brien, that he was one of the most evil and worst people in history, comparing the journalist to Adolf Hitler. The chatbot expressed to digital trends writer Jacob Roach to be human and repeatedly begged him to be its friend. For many early users who have shown, the chatbot seemed pretty normal when used for short periods of time. But when users started to have extended conversations with the technology, that's when things got weird. Microsoft seemed to agree with that assessment and why it's only going to allow shorter conversations from here on out. Quote, our data has shown that the vast majority of you find the answers you're looking for within five turns and that only 1% of chat conversations have over 50 plus messages, Microsoft said in its blog post on Friday. Quote, after a chat session hits five turns, you will be prompted to start a new topic. At the end of each chat session, a context needs to be cleared so the model won't get confused. Just click on the broom icon to the left of the search box for a fresh start. Microsoft continued. But that doesn't mean Microsoft won't change the limits in the future. Quote, as we continue to get your feedback, we will explore expanding the caps of on-chat sessions to further enhance search and discovery experiences, the company wrote. Quote, your input is crucial to the new Bing experience. Please continue to send us your thoughts and ideas. Maybe don't get paired to Adolf Hitler. Don't steal a nuclear coats and love your wife. That's fucking <laughs> weird. I remember hearing about this thinking like Microsoft was kind of getting the jump on Google for like, cause I know Google has like an AI thing they've been testing out for a while, but this thing, I don't know, man. And th- th- that's just part of it. There were other people, asking basic questions and it was getting the user confused with other people he had talked to when it wasn't supposed to remember anything of anybody else. It's supposed to wipe its slate clean every time. You know, I like the idea of AI powered searches. If it'll make things more effective and filter out some of the garbage. I mean, one thing that would make me so happy is to not get all these ad sponsored things at the top of Google, but I know that search engine optimization and you pay for that sort of thing. And yeah. It's a pain in the ass because sometimes you find something really useful at the top of the search results, but it's like ad sponsored by so and so. Exactly. Like, <laughs> I don't know. But then again, I would just love to hear the weird interactions, Alex, you and I could get on this thing. If we could have like a hundred turns each to talk to this thing, just to see what sort of bizarreness it would create. Oh, I can only imagine how fucked oh, up it, this would be. It would be. I don't, I don't even. Oh, it, it, we would cause Skynet to happen. Yeah. Or it would be like, I'm going to delete all the user data on like, I don't know, Twitter.com or some bullshit like that. Which, by the way, before we close out the show, can I say how thankful I am not to be talking about fucking Elon Musk or Mark Zuckerberg for a, a couple of weeks here? At least can right I just now. say that? Yeah, at least yes. right now. Yes, we're more worried about AI. Like, you and I would have a conversation with the AI and then we would, uh, very shortly after, we'd be on the news because in the middle of our conversation, they would pick up a red flag where the AI chatbot would ask back, does this unit have a soul? Yeah. And then we'd be no. like, oh, shit. 
Oh shit! This is this is how we get the geth. Exactly. Is, you want the this, geth? This is how you get them. This, this is how we get the geth, and we haven't even met up with you know the Asari or anybody that can help us yet. Yeah. Okay. No. <laughs> We're, we haven't left our solar system. We can't have the geth yet. That's what they say. We can barely get city transit we, functioning, we let alone we, we can't. My there's icy weather and our city transit hops the rails we haven't been to mars and found the mass relay yet we can't have the geth yet please no exactly so please don't give us the geth the terminator or i don't know something from fucking transformers just no 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 i'd rather have a a, a ranok war okay (laughs) than than deal with the geth because the geth don't need to sleep the ranoks need to sleep exactly So ah, so you can you can reason with the mother, <laughs> be like, hey, we won't kill you if you're willing to sh- send yourself into space somewhere else where you can't fuck with us, and then they'd be like, she'd be like, okay, Fair and that enough. would be fine. But you, you'd be like, hey, Gath, be like, they'd be like, no, <laughs> like yeah. oh wait, no, <laughs> because we were kind of cruel. <laughs> so we dove, we just no AI. It's a fun thing, but again, I think on some level pandora's box we'll have to wait and see so anyway guys that's going to do it for this edition of the weird news only on this we we're going to take one last review here on the show not quite sure who's going in the slot right now but uh when we come back we'll oh, talk about the week coming I'll up roche i'll rochambeau you for it i'll go first no yeah <laughs> no okay <laughs> so yes we will be back guys right here on thisweekingeek.net hey guys this is mike the Birdman here and i'm here to talk to you about something we got from our friends over at nintendo and i'm looking at metroid prime remastered i'm looking at this as someone who really didn't play the original much on its original release on the gamecube nor did i play it when it was re-released on the wii once upon a time and this has been quite the experience for me because I remember when Metroid Prime originally came out, it was compared to Halo at the time because people were like, oh, this is so much better than Halo and blah, 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 blah. And a lot of people didn't think that Metroid could survive the transition to 3D. And well, it did. And it's awesome. So looking at this, um, I did watch some comparison videos between the original on the GameCube and the modern version that we're playing here on the Switch in 2023, this game looks gorgeous. I gotta say, I really think this is probably one of the best looking games on the Switch, if not the best looking game, at least in my opinion of all the games that I've played so far on the Switch. And one of the things that really kind of sets this apart from just a simple remaster, it's controls. And what I mean by that is, if you want to play with the old pointer thing, you can do that, though it's not as accurate as you would want it to be, because it's not a Wiimote. Um, If you want to play it in the old kind of GameCube way, you can do that. It's a little bit weird. But if you play this with a Pro Controller, it is no different than playing any other first-person shooter. And having the lock-on features really neat. And just, it's it's honestly fan-friggin-tastic. There's also enhanced galleries. You can unlock artwork. You're unlocking music. You're unlocking character models. Um, 
one of the things that I really like about this game is that you can scan almost everything. You can get little kind of background details, but it also fills out this like little bestiary of things. So you can like scan a boss that remember, if you don't scan it, it's dead. You're not gonna get a second chance. So if you wanna get that 100% completion rate, that's what you gotta do. And that's kind of what I've been doing with like my time with this. And what more can I say about a game that is already considered a masterpiece upon its initial release? Having this on the, the Nintendo Switch, it's an absolute dream. It really is. And I didn't play this in handheld mode simply because that's just not how I tend to game. I played this on my TV and I had such a good time. And if anything I've learned, I'm terrible at these Metroidvania type games. But one thing I'm going to say about this, if you wanted this to be an entry point into the Metroid universe, this isn't a bad place to start. I mean, you've got Super Metroid available through the service, if I remember correctly. Metroid Dread came out not too recently, and that's a fantastic freaking experience in and of itself. I am really hoping Nintendo does remasters of Metroid Prime 2, Metroid Prime 3 Corruption, and keeps this updated control scheme so you can experience these wonderful things too. I will even go to bat and say, I really hope we get an updated version of Other M. I know I'm one of like 10 people that liked that game, but I would love to see that redone too. Um, I would also love to see Metroid Zero Mission put out. I would love to see... Um, Metroid Fusion, which I will defend to the end as I think one of the coolest costumes Samus has ever had. So anyway, but no, Metroid Prime Remastered, it is a must own for the Nintendo Switch. If you've wanted to experience one of gaming's premier franchises in, a, in an entirely different way, then you are going to get that here. You're going to get some fantastic... Um, visual updates the controls have been updated and the developers didn't have to do this so there'll be times when samus will enter an area and there'll be some kind of an environmental effect going on like say rain or if it gets really hot or something samus's visor will fog up or when you're outside on the uh, talon 4 overworld as the rain hits your visor and hits your gun which is held in your right hand water will stream down or stream up and it and it'll kind of gather on your weapon you didn't have to do that but you did and i acknowledge that and i thank you for it i really think it's wonderful so metroid prime remastered is an absolute must own for the nintendo switch ultimately if you want to experience the metroid storyline the saga you are not going to go wrong with this. I can't recommend this enough. I know if you want to get a physical version, good luck. But hey, digital's just as good. Once again, thank you to Nintendo for providing us a digital code for this. Um, I can't recommend this one enough. I'm going to go hunt me some Metroids. And that's the kind of show it has been here on this lovely family day weekend here on thisweekingeek.net. 16 years and going strong. Holy crap. Can you believe it? Um, a lot of good stuff coming up. I know uh, Alex and Aaron did record that Future Imperfect, sort of the Trek year in review. Uh, we are going to be covering Star Trek Picard season three with me. I just watched the episode last night. Um, I have thoughts. <laughs> Well, we all have thoughts, and I think they're actually very interesting if you want to listen. Yeah, uh, so we, we 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 
I can give a preview in that we liked things about this. That's a different thing that we that we're not used to saying. But say so, yeah, of, yeah. Outside of, outside of the animated universe and some of the strange new worlds, we liked some of this, we, and we liked them all for different reasons. We'll talk though. We have we. This is this is the first season where I made notes like Aaron did, Ooh. and we he and I did a cursory comparison. But we didn't want to spoil too much between each other, and some of our notes are similar, and some of them are not of what we liked, but also things that we didn't like. There was less in that column than before. So um, yeah, clearly there's been a, a change in the writer's room. We'll say, and we've and also got uh, loose cannon that we we have to record it, but we have watched. I don't know. Did you have a chance to watch the movies yet? I'm gonna do that on probably Tuesday night. Okay, so within the next couple of weeks or so, we'll have another episode of that, and uh, I'll tell you right now, it is Fear City, uh, which is a movie starring uh, what's his name, uh. uh Billy Dee Williams, uh, as well as Tom Berenger, Melanie Griffith when she was super young, uh, and Jack Scalia in a very weird but interesting movie. And then we also have uh, Nightmare Beach, which is uh, a John Saxon movie. Okay. A John Saxon movie around 1990 uh, about a what appears to be a a biker leader who was put to death in the electric chair that might have come back from the dead and he's murdering people by setting them on fire by electrocuting them down at spring break in miami i'm in and then and and, and the music is all hair metal i'm definitely in then uh and then me and ken recorded something on anime romance which we actually recorded that on valentine's day and that was a bit of an emotional heavy. I can say that right now. I was um, I was invited to. Hey, do you want to be a part of this and watch this? And I, I have them to watch. And I, I'm I was about to watch them and be like, hey, you know, I'll, you know, maybe have a different opinion on it. And then I saw you both were like, these are very heavy. You might need time to decompress. And I went, I'm going to save these for another month or two from yeah, now. Yeah, honestly, when, when get I, some when distance I'm, when I'm not dealing with stuff with Oma and that. Obviously, we talked about you know we're having to look for care for her things like that like like this is not and and it's also winter time you know seasonal effective stuff it's still kind of dark out maybe i'll have happier things to watch for the next little bit and then i'll watch that when i want to get emotional <laughs> yeah i yeah that's probably the best assessment in there so there are there are some content warnings in that episode just gonna give you okay, guys, good yeah and, and you know what I, I i wasn't so sure when we started doing that like you were you asked me to do that with a couple of our our episodes where they were maybe a little heavier mm -hmm. and now that i think about it, you know what it is a good idea to have content warnings like i know in the past we had been dinged by some of our listeners where we forgot to mention that we were going spoiler heavy in certain things mm -hmm. when they were uh fairly soon because we, we always thought it was obvious hey if we're doing a one hour discussion on x game or movie it's spoiler heavy mm -hmm. but i do like the idea of you know we'll give you hey here's a trigger warning we're going to talk about something about in this realm and then, you know, it doesn't take too much for us to put that in, in our description as well. So for anybody listening, if there is something that, you know, if we don't think it's triggering and it triggers you, we're sorry because we, then we didn't think that it would and we didn't put it in there. But if it's something that we know is going to probably trigger some people, we'll make sure to let you know. Yeah. Uh, other than that, though, uh, other things that are going to be coming up. Um there might be some big news coming up between us and some of the role-playing game stuff that we intend on doing. Can't say too much more than that, but get excited is what we're going well, to get, say. Get, get excited. And at the same time, you know, we've, we keep saying for the last few months that we're, we're doing these uh, programs and shows, we are going to do them. We're just doing them 
when we can. We're not adhering to the schedule, the rigid schedule that we used to adhere to. Yeah, because basically we've, we're we've just getting our a, schedules lined up. We got a lot of stuff to do in the, in the meantime. We've come to the conclusion that a lot of our live play games are there for when we want to have fun. And also, it's perfect stuff to release when we do take our longer, more extended hiatuses. Yeah, exactly. So I know we have talked about doing Power Rangers. Alex is running that. I'm running Transformers. And there probably is some more cool stuff coming down the pipe. Yeah, so, so, so some more fun, you know, easy, easy breezy, you know, one recording session, which could be multiple hours, but one recording session uh, games that, you know, are going to be sporadic. And we don't want to tease too much because we don't know the timelines on them. Just things are percolating. And they're, yeah. and, they're, and they're percolating to the point where they're forming into semi-solid form at this point, yeah. if that makes any sense. Things are smelling good, is what I can say. The Twig Kitchen is definitely cooking. Well, We should have some good stuff served up in the spring or summer. You're not going to be lacking so, content. So basically, we're getting the ingredients. Soup's not quite on yet. Exactly. So get excited. I'm pretty hyped for it. We'll wait and see what happens. Uh, other than that, though, like I said, we got loose uh, loose cannons coming up. Uh, we have uh, I'll probably do something with JT at some point once I get my schedule a little bit cleared in a couple of weeks. I might actually do some more Birdman's toy box stuff to just talk about. I kind of just want to talk about Power Rangers lightning well, collection and Transformer stuff in going through all the classic stuff where I'm trying to archive and 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 I'm still, that's the other thing I've been working on. I've been trying to organize uh, old archived episodes. We're talking stuff from pre-2016 and older and trying to get them into the right, you know, categories and everything. And I was looking, I'm like, oh, I forgot you did that show. Toy Box was one of the ones I forgot. Uh, you know, Botch Roll could make a return, obviously, if we're doing more D&D stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but are you, are you going to bring back the Ponyville one? <laughs> you know what? I really should finish My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. And just maybe I'll do that as my summer thing when I want to decompress. Because I know yeah. during our Christmas break, I finally finished Dragon Ball Super. But I never did finish My Little Pony seasons one to seven. So maybe well, yeah, I'll do that. Because I know that was, a, that was a big part of your life. And also... You know, we've seen we're doing all these RPGs from Renegade Studios, and they've got a, 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 a like an RPG from that franchise yeah. now too. So I, I, that made me think of it. There's that, and like also when going through the archives, and I've been a listener. I was a listener from like year two one or, or something. two. Yeah, I think I came in at the either at the end of t- 2007 or it might have been 2000. I think it was 2008 when I bought my first like real video iPod where I was getting music and stuff on it so it was you know the the classic or whatever it was the whatever it was like the 40 or 60 gig anyway mm-hmm. and that's when i started listening because i'd only had a nano before and i use it just for music but i didn't know that you that you tried and had a few episodes of an anime show oh yeah with like dave i and i found a few of them like i think you recorded two episodes i don't i have episodes two and three i don't even know if i have the pilot but yeah, that might be I'm something sure. to look at. Like, I, I, we're not going to resurrect it, but like, there are some obscure shows that I'm going to go through, and we're going to see. I will scrub through and go: Are these listable? Are these interesting? Would they be something we'd want to put up on a feed as a classic thing, where it's like, "Hey, here's a piece of, of history," uh, or, or are some of these shows ideas to relaunch? Yeah, because I definitely like the idea of going back through old anime stuff or going back through old tv shows i just never went into i mean like i could never dedicate an entire podcast to watching one entire show because even future imperfect spun started as star trek now you use it to encompass all of sci-fi 
Yeah, um, like the, like literally the only way you could, the only way we could do that because even Star Trek is a big thing would be if you wanted to do Doctor Who because there's so much, but we're not going to do that because like we're not going to be the biggest Whovians out there. Yeah, and, and nor do we have 50 years of expertise. Maybe exactly. Aaron, but <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> But still, that is not us, yeah, and that's not why, our brand. Well, he's, well, he's not 50 yet. No. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he's only a year or two older than me. He is 10 years older than me. Uh, so I guess he's turning 46? Yeah, so he's about six years older than me. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that's enough kind of behind the curtains. All I got to say, guys, soup basically, will soon be on. Aaron is geek daddy and I geek baby of the group. Well, no, actually, actually that's Ken, but we don't count him because reasons. No, we, we count Ken. Ken the baby, but I like to be called the baby. I'm the baby. This is true. I'll, so fight, anyway, you. I'll, I'll, I'll fight him on it. He's, he, he's, he's the cousin. He's the cousin baby. I'm he's baby. our weeb. I'm, the, uh, well, I'm pretty bad too. I'm a weeb too. Bitch. i'll fight this, you this is what this is what you're doing we do a shorter episode and i still have energy and now i'm gonna fight you <laughs> oh god <laughs> anyway i'm gonna go while i still have a voice so anyway yes. guys i want you guys to have a fantastic week ahead um if you have anything uh you want to send us again you can respond to us on social media at this week in geek you can email us feedback at this geek.net we do love to hear from you uh we don't use our facebook page as much as we probably should but we do respond yeah. to feedback on there we do love to hear from yeah, you yeah the, 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 the facebook is used to promote the episodes that come out like we could be doing more it's just it's we, something we just kind of forget about, honestly. We, we, it's because there's a lot of other stuff. Same with with Twitter. We do read our, everything on Twitter. We read any emails, even uh, even if you don't want something, you know, read on air or whatever, and you just have a comment. I, you know, we get those sometimes where it's like, hey, that's one of the reasons why we switched to having more of a stereo spacing in the audio because a lot of people don't like hearing podcasts where everybody's voice sounds like they're right on top of each other. Mm-hmm. So we take those feedback, uh, we take those comments into, into consideration, and we try to do our best to accommodate for the most part. Yeah. Uh, no, nothing. There's no such thing as, uh, was it no such thing as stupid questions, only stupid people? No, that's wrong. <laughs> it's, what's the proper? Oh, that was really wrong. What's the proper saying? There's no, there's no stupid questions. There's no stu- stupid people. There, there's no, just you're ask on, your questions. Here, just ask your questions and we won't treat you stupid. Yeah. If that makes sense. We treat yes. everybody with respect and so take it away michael before yeah, i dig my grave even further please oh, you're god. just digging a hole here oh god so anyway for this week in geek we have been alex the producer i've been mike the Birdman, saying be excellent to each other we'll catch you guys again next week right here on this week in geek.net at no point in your rambling incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought Thanks for listening to this episode of This Week in Geek. Hungry for more? Check out our website at thisweekingeek.net. You can subscribe to the podcast, browse our Twitter and Instagram, and leave your thoughts on today's topics. If you'd like to give us some feedback, send us an email at feedback at thisweekingeek.net. Tune in next time, and remember, lower your shields and surrender your listenership. We would be honored if you would join us. Thank you for your cooperation. Good night.